And uh, this program is being recorded. Uh, although there has been a couple of occasions. I think one occasion where I didn't record the entire show and we weren't doing it on Facebook Live. <laughs> like the entire show did it. Uh, and uh, it was uh, Tom Wilson from Junk House, I think, was our guest. Great guy. Yeah. And he still remembers to this day that we didn't record that show. <laughs> he would remember that. The other time, what happened, I happened recently where I, rec- I think I recorded the show. Um, and then I went to, uh, at the end of the show, I do this thing where I, I transfer the file. And there's two things on this machine. One says transfer, and the other one says uh, something where you basically erase the file. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, I was talking to Fred. This is quite recently. I was talking to Fred about something, and I went over there, and it's, I know the word is format, where you format the uh, disk, and mm-hmm. it basically erases it. So I was talking to Fred, and I went, <laughs> he start, I stopped talking. He's like, what happened? I go, I think I just erased the entire show. <laughs> but because we do it on Facebook... I was able to uh, to find because it's there. It's recorded. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that uh, sweet voice, everybody, is Lori Love. Uh, what about that, Dan? You know, Dan, have you ever met Lori? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen oh, Dan oh, naked oh. before. Dan and I know each other. A couple of times we've seen each. You've seen, seen seriously like all. No, Dan's never seen me naked. I have seen Dan naked a couple of times. How is what are the circumstances? Because what's explain why you guys were next door neighbors at the trailer for right. 20 years. Yes. And that's how I saw Dan used to get up in the morning and walk down to on his dock with his short swim trunks on. And all of a sudden, he'd rip the trunks off and he'd dive into the lake naked. So I'm an early riser. If you're up in the morning, then you see his early riser too. <laughs> so you saw the you saw the whole show. You saw. What? I saw what you guys make fun of all the time. Oh no, it's a lot. Well, I didn't really see frontal. I only saw his bum. Which and then it's immediately you look away because it's like seeing your brother naked. Well, exactly. So immediately you're like, oh, my, oh, God, oh, God. What's he doing? Listen, I've seen it all. And his bum is like a lot of oil. It's very flat. It's a flat bum. <laughs> He's got a tiny little hiney. Yeah, me too. Like my tiny somewhere, hiney. somewhere in my 40s, my bum went out for cigarettes and it never came back. <laughs> Like, I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't even know that was possible. I, I should start smoking then. Seriously, I didn't mine's know. Mine's there. Well, that's what happens to women is they, they're, they're, <laughs> there gets, I, I would love some butt because I literally spend most of my days like some old fucking prospector pulling my pants up constantly. Uh, is there some sort of exercise you can do to get I'm doing them right now. Yeah. I'm squeezing Squats. my. Yes. Oh. Squats. And, yeah, and, the, and butt tightening. Yeah. Yeah, just sit there and squeeze your butt. Really? But squats do it quicker than the... Than the squeezy? The squeezing. Okay. Anyway, this is Lori Love. So you guys were next door neighbors. Uh, yeah, we've all mm-hmm. seen it. Dan, you know, there's, you know, you can only keep that that vision in your head for so long. I, I mean, Dan, why? I, I do know why you go into the lake naked. It's because it's freeing and, and why... Do, that's when you wash, you do your, your bathing in there as well, right? <laughs> well, that's the main reason is because it's an early morning, nice wake up and nobody's around, I thought. Other than Lauren. And, you know, I'm going to be free. <laughs> and then when you get out of a, uh, you know, it's usually you're, it's cold. So when you get out, you're not, the, 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 the bathing suit isn't sticking to you and, mm, you know, it's terrible. Cold. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. By the yeah. way, I didn't watch him get out of the water knowing what 
he looked like going in. I wasn't standing there yeah. waiting for him to get out of the water <laughs> with, when he was done. With your Dan Duran dick diary. I just want to make that perfectly clear. <laughs> I would go funny. and hide while he swam, and then we would yeah. come out about 15 minutes later. Well, I've been... Uh, I've known Dan a long time. Do you remember that we were we had Jeff Lumbey on the show yesterday, who you also know and have worked with, Lori? Yes, um, yes. But there good was guy. a there was a period of time, great guy, where where Dan and I and our wives and Jeff and his wife, we used to have these uh, dinners at Lumbey's place out in the country, and he has a huge pond, like a couple of mm-hmm. acre pond, and inevitably. We would all get hammered and late at night. Do you remember this, Dan, when we would go for a swim and uh, the guys would just go in either naked or with our gotchies on? I do remember that. Now that you mention it, I forgot about that. Yeah, because he because uh, we uh, we reconditioned his dock. It was a little floating dock into that into that space, which had a lovely fountain with light. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. Yeah. I, I love, worried about I, leeches or anything? No, no. Like, hang on a second. I love, I love gross. how I love how the story isn't about skinning dipping with the women. It was like, yeah, we reconditioned that dog, and we used it. Well, I think we used a uh, forty-two sand sealer. Or, uh, so, I, so, I, I don't even have a reference. Um, yeah, one one twenty grit, probably. We want a one twenty grit uh, uh, sander on that dog, uh, Howard. That's what I remember. I remember um, getting hammered there many, many times. Two and times. a half inch wood screws. Yeah, yes, exactly. I That's what. I have. I have a two and a half wood. From dish. underneath? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, all right. Well, listen, this is, uh, it's great to have Lori Love here. For people who don't know, uh, Lori is not only a neighbor of Dan's and a friend of ours uh, for uh, the better part of uh, three decades, was the uh, morning host at Move 105.7 Niagara, where you would get up in the middle of night, uh, middle of the night, drive to Niagara, do the show. And then today, you got to get up at what time? I got up at six this morning. See? It was lovely, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, you got a good you got a good gig going here. Isn't this the promised land of morning shows? This is. I mean, if I could have set my schedule, but I really didn't have to be on the air till seven thirty. I know. I probably would have worked much later. That's why Fred- my life than what I have. <laughs> That's why Fred's sixty seven, and I'm going to do this till right. I die. Yeah, All do right. it till you die. Man. Uh, listen, you yeah, die. we've got uh, and 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 we're gonna. Our, I, I'll get into our guests in a second. But Dan, are you uh, are you ready to start this? Because we have enough. Go, yeah. Have we had enough pre-show for you? Yeah, let's go. All right, here we go, everybody. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred Mississauga satellite facility, fan from Lisa's dining room table next to a fake New Year's tree, now featuring white lights. Thank you for coughing during that. Uh, sorry about that. I thought my mic was over. Did I step on anything important? <laughs> no. Okay, go. Just, and is brought to you by, this is the important part, no interruptions. The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Boron One, Bodog, Kelsey's, and our newest sponsor, Lender's Choice Mortgages. And now, here are a pair that have been friends for many years and have had dinners at each other's places. Wait, check that. She's had him over, but never an invite to his place. It's Humble and guest friend, Lori Love. Yeah, all of that is true, I guess. <clears throat> all right, uh, let's get it started. I actually thought about this this morning. Lori Love and I have uh, another thing in common, beside the fact that you guys have all been friends, and of course, Lori's husband and Darren mm-hmm. are friends. Darren and I are friends. Um, and I was thinking about this because Larry Fedorik is going to be with us today, and 
And I was thinking, oh, that, at, I wonder if at any point there'll be four of us on the microphone, because usually Dan goes when we have our guests. But uh, and I thought, yeah. And then I remember that I did a four-person morning show for a few years with mm-hmm. uh, a guy you worked with, Rick mm-hmm. Hodge. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, your show was busy. Yours was a morning zoo. Well, it was a grown-up adult zoo. They, they called it Humble, Kim, Colleen, and Rick. Dan, I don't know if you know this, but I did a show for a couple of years at Easy Rock in Toronto. It became Boom 97.3. And for some reason, they thought having four people talk for three minutes was, would be a great idea. We were doing three-minute breaks. Here's a question for everybody. When's the last time you've been with four people and had any conversation that lasted only three minutes? Right. Maybe in jail. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, but every day we would sit there planning our breaks as the song was ending because I was hosting the show. So I would back sell the song and I'd say, okay, the song's going to end. There's four of us. What are we going to talk about in two minutes? And by the way, it's not three minute breaks, two minutes and 45 seconds, because I'm going to back sell the song, give the weather, give the time, and then we'll have a conversation. (laughs) No, then I would say, let's have a natural conversation that lasts two minutes and 45 seconds. But anyway, I thought of that. You know, a lot of that would have made sense if you didn't have the the radio two minute 45 to. Oh, absolutely. You know, if you had a conversation, a panel or whatever, you know, and, and, and like this, it could have it could have opened up and made, you know, a bit of a difference in morning radio because yeah. not everybody wants to hear music all the time yeah. in morning radio. That's what we hope to do. Make a difference in morning radio. And um, so and so after Hodge left, well, he was working at CFRB and uh, mm-hmm. 97.3 in Toronto. And you worked with him for how long? Seven years. Seriously? Wow, yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't think it was that long. Yeah, seven years. And we were at when he first started a four person morning show as well. Only our producer was more silent. But over the years, then got a personality, you know, and was on the show more often. Uh, I loved having four people. But the biggest, toughest part would have been, okay, who's talking? without putting your hand up and looking like a dork in the studio. But once you get it, which you probably would have found working with who you guys worked with at uh, Easy Rock. Yeah. As long as you know there's a leader, and just follow the leader. So you would have been the leader on your first four-person show. I would just follow your lead to know when I could come in to talk. Um, It's not that hard. It was fun. Well, yeah, I guess so. I mean, for me, it was just the, the, the amount of time we were allowed to talk was uh, yeah. so truncated it was so short mm-hmm. that uh i just found it annoying and plus what we were talking about was so sort of out of my character coming up next four ways to get your children out of get your children out of the house without uh, you know i'd be like okay when are we going to start talking about dicks and such <laughs> um if it had been so today it's going to be humble Lori, larry and dan Dan, do you know, have you ever worked in a, because you did a two-person morning show in Peterborough, did you not? Yeah, well, and our news our news person uh, was kind of a third, uh, and we would bring her in every once in a while. So there's never really more than three on the air one time. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, we'd all bring a guest in or whatever once in a while, but that would then preclude the, the news person. She would off, you know, be off newsing. Yeah. <laughs> 
Is this your first time well, speaking? that's what they call it. Dan, yeah. is this your first time <laughs> speaking <laughs> as a human being? <laughs> Have you noticed? She'd be off newsing. <laughs> what, what are you saying exactly? Um, anyway, it's great. To, the point of all of this, it's great to have Lori Love with us, guest fretting. And uh, again, I'm a big fan of Lori's for a long time. Just do me a favor, though, Lori Love. Just uh, be careful because as you lean into that microphone, we are going to have a pop fest here. See, Tom, I know. Can you hear it already? Yeah, 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 of course. Um, uh, Larry's going to be here later. Lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, Dan, we yesterday we had uh, Jeff Lumby with us telling some Dan stories, and I know that made you uncomfortable. And and I'm gonna we're gonna stay away from that today. Although Lori, who has known you, is that by the way was Dan skinny dipping your Dan story? Uh, there's that, but you know the infamous linen pants that everybody always talks about that Dan brought back from Thailand. And I, okay, and Laura, wore, we're going to have to have you talk across yeah. it because you're it's literally you're popping and continually it's popping, popping. It's yeah, yeah. So just turn it up um, a little bit. So go ahead, start again. I witnessed when Dan first wore those Thai linen pants with no <laughs> underwear at the trailer. And he was completely oblivious to what the pants look like without any underwear on. And all the girls from all the different trailers in the park made their way down <laughs> towards our place. It spread like wildfire. Was, first People of all, how did... finding out about how tight the pants fit, and you're not going to believe what you can see. So was that, on, wearing was, these pants. was that on a group chat, like... Like one of those things, like no, a what's it started off, you know, someone comes down on their bike to say hi, and it's like, hey, look at Durant. Then that person leaves, <laughs> goes back to their trailer, and says, go down and say hi to Lori and check out Dan Durant's pants while you're there. Can That's you, kind of how. So it was. it's yeah, it spread like on a natural chat. So what? Uh, describe so the the linen pants with the tie. I know the ones you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um, describe what you're uh, what you were saying. Well, you could see everything. Let me just leave it there. You, you know when you can tell when a woman's not wearing a bra and she's mm. wearing a white t-shirt? Yeah, yeah. Same sort of thing for guys in Thai culottes. <laughs> see everything. <laughs> That's funny. So, All right there for the world to see. So, Dan, what uh, what was your... You were just thinking, hey, I'll just I'll free... I'll go free range. I'll free ball this. I'll just... Uh, <laughs> Raw dog well, these pants. At this point, this point, I uh, until this point, I had no idea that this had actually happened. So uh, the uh, but but the tie pants they had a sort of a flap over the top, and I thought that everything had been covered. But apparently, mm. the flap wasn't that big, Dan. <laughs> yeah, the so. flap would have had to come down to your thighs to cover. <laughs> okay, so I don't know uh, what, what flap you're talking. I didn't see a flap. Did you whatever. ever? Did you become aware at any point that there was a crowd forming around your no. pants? No, no. I just until this part. point, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel a little self-conscious because I didn't so, like, really realize. Did you not notice all on. those people shouting from the river to the sea in front of your trailer? <laughs> Please wear the May two four opening weekend this year. <laughs> That's right; it becomes a tradition that uh, the, the park the park opens, and so does uh, Dan's wiener for business. And his flat little bum, and his tie culottes. Oh boy. So uh, anyway, and did you ever become aware at any point during that uh, afternoon that no, you didn't know? You just thought, oh, these people are coming over to say hello to me. Well, it's a pretty social environment up there. Yes, so it is. It, it didn't seem out of the, out of normal to me. But I people, guess it was. <laughs> did you not notice people throwing water on your pants to try to get a better look? <laughs> <laughs> Having a wet dick shirt so, contest. <laughs> 
That's what we should have done. Yeah. Just for fun. <laughs> just say, oh, Dan. Hey, seriously, <laughs> like, start watering your plants and all of a sudden, oh, sorry, Dan. Okay, so there's the last Dan story. Lori says she has a Dan story and a Howard story. Dan, you know, we've known each other, Dan, you and I, since 1978, and you don't seem to remember anything that you and I have ever done together. I've thought about this since yesterday, and all I can think of is wonderful things to say about you, and that's not, yeah, there's nothing well, funny about that. Okay. No, 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 no stories. I mean, you know what? You know, Maybe like when, I, when I chainsawed my face, there right. you show, like you showed right up at the hospital there, became a doctor, <laughs> talked to me <laughs> that's right. like a doctor would, and uh, like you've seen me uh, face open. I never even did see my face. You know, it's, it's, like it's that, funny right? that, so, but uh, there you awful. were. That is, that's very sweet of you to say that, that you have nothing but, uh, there's not, I have nothing but fond memories of you just there there's some of them are very funny but that night that you were in the hospital dan's laying there in emergency and he lumby had basically chainsawed his face we've all heard the story if you haven't go back and listen to it so dan's laying there waiting for a plastic surgeon because dan's like i'm not letting anyone just some intern touch my face so i'm sitting there talking to him and uh like the cartilage of his nose is exposed and and my best acting was Dan looking up going, how does it look? And I'm going, looks fine. Looks good. <laughs> just fine. You're just you're going to be just fine. Me alone. You're not going to be fine. <laughs> I can see the inside of your nose. And this isn't going to go well. Yeah, this isn't going well. It was very much like that day at the trailer. We were all gathering around trying to see the. <laughs> so Lori did say it says here on Lori's uh, email that you have a Howard story. Yes. So when we first met and well, around the first time we met, how old is Charlie? Uh, Are my you daughter allowed to say, yeah, of course, she's uh, going to be she's 29. She'll be 30 this uh, October. OK, so she was a baby and you came up to stay at Dan's trailer with Charlie. Now, baby, I'm maybe like two years months. old. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, she was a little older. Yeah. Between zero and felt, two. Yeah. Yeah. You felt comfortable enough, obviously, to right. bring her to the lake. I was doing a girls weekend that weekend at our trailer, which is right next door to Dan Duran's. And we were playing, a I don't know, some game out on the picnic table and all the girls are laughing. We're drinking, having a great old time. And then all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I see this guy stomping over to our trailer. And I'm like, <laughs> who's this? Howard. Howard politely walked up to us. Hello, girls. So nice that you're all having a great time. But could you keep it down? My kid's trying to sleep. And every time you guys laugh, she wakes up. So could you guys just maybe keep it down this weekend while I'm here with the baby? Thanks a lot. You turned and you walked away and that was it. That does not sound like me at all. Mm. <laughs> no. That's Those funny. were in your in your bad days. Oh, yeah. That was my pre, pre-ascending to a spiritual uh, fucking whatever. But you were super polite about it. Super polite. Oh, was I? You weren't you you weren't an a hole. Oh, okay, you were very it. pleasant, but we see, did laugh at you when you turned and walked away. See that, like, yeah, that's gonna happen. Yeah, that's gonna happen. We're Guess gonna... you better take the kid home. That's right. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was getting over. I was probably over there getting hammered with Dan. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, well, thank you hey, for is that. She, is she skiing? Is she out skiing right now? Charlie and Spencer are in uh, Aspen, and then Charlie's been going to uh, Calgary to spend the month of January, the rest of the month skiing in Calgary or bordering in Calgary. Wow. I was just reading an article in the, uh, uh, I don't know, I guess it was on uh, the CBC or the CTV website about how little snow there has been out in the uh, west, especially in British Columbia this year, that the snow amounts are like half or less than it normally is, and that some resorts are like pausing 
uh, skiing operations because they haven't got enough snow. Well, I'll let her know. Oh. Thank you, Daniel. Um, <laughs> no, I will. Well, I don't know. Say, I listen, Calgary stop. Calgary shut down. Uh, speaking yeah. of ladies and speaking of January, this is interesting. I've never heard of this, although I, I think I know what it is. Dan, are you are you aware that uh, for a lot of women, they call this January? <laughs> Do you know what that is? No. Lori, Lori, Not what is all. that? I, I, have, no. I have an idea what that is. But what, what, is, what is it in the world of women? Well, January is the name someone came up with to encourage women to stop shaving, waxing, plucking for the first month of the year to help normalize hair on women is what it says mm. on the website. Uh, there's 40,000 followers on their Instagram page. And it debuted back in 2019. So this is the sixth year that women have gone hairy, I guess, in January. And they say their goals are to promote self-confidence, challenging societal beauty standards, and creating a supportive community where people can share their journey. Or just laziness is how I look at it. <laughs> I mean, right. come on. Yeah. I mean, how, how long does it take to go swoop, swoop in your pits, do your legs? Yeah, you're going to wear a bathing suit that day. Just check and make sure you're all right. Five minutes. Yeah. I, I just love the, fa- I love the fact that women are encouraged to share their, their January journey. Like the idea that they're having these stories. But I, I mean, I mean, I, I guess, I mean, like we don't have to, I can't relate. I've never shaved my armpits and my youngest, uh, Spencer, it's funny. This came up because I, uh, before she left, I, she, she was, I, I saw her arms and I said, Oh, you're, you're, you're shaving your armpits now. She goes, yeah, it just it depends on, you know, the day or whatever, but sometimes she doesn't. And I noticed that, um, I don't know about you, Dan, but I'm a, I'm a, for some reason, again, I could be sexist, but I would rather not see armpit hair on a woman. And yet we men walk around like I'm like from literally just covered in hair. My, my chest, my armpits, my back. It's grotesque, really. <laughs> <laughs> so but what about you, Dan? Do you uh, prefer? I, I mean, we, we all know you don't like fat people. So we, that's a that's a given. <laughs> Less so, but less hair for me. So is, less is hair, hair yeah. For, for me, yeah. And uh, I thought where Lori was going is it like Movember, you know, <laughs> with, with mustaches and and <laughs> oh, I see, yeah. And like then it would be a, you know a fundraiser of some sort, but this is not even a fundraiser. Nope. No, no, no. this is just apparently uh, we're all getting permission to just let it grow. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, and do you do you let your leg hair? Not to be too personal. Grow in no. the winter in the winter no. time? No. No, no, no. Nope. Nope. I what like being How specific do you get? Do you go right down to the toes? Do you do toe hair? I don't have toe hair, but if I did, I would. Yes, of course. Dan, what's going on with you down there? Do you trim it up once in a while? <laughs> once in a while. It, it, you know, you gotta gotta keep things under control. Yeah. Certain certain people might well, like to. Well, see the thing is for those of us who aren't blessed like you, Dan, I, I definitely trim it down. <laughs> like I'm surgery ready, dude. Like I <laughs> I wanna be you know, because when I'm with uh, Senora Espinosa, I want her to see as much of it as as possible. <laughs> I don't want any hidden by some forest. It's like, is there anything in there? Yeah, yeah, it's there. Just, just let me get, let me get through this. Let me get through the jungle. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't. I do. I listen. Do you? If I have a lot more hair on my chest than you, but I, but I, I don't trim it. But I know some guys do. I mean, I probably should because some of it starts to come out of my collar sometimes. And now that it's all white, uh, but your guy uh, Darren is—he has a lot. He doesn't have a lot of uh, 
chest no. hair. No. He's no, pretty. He's he pretty doesn't. smooth. He's got enough though. Like I like a bit of hair. Oh yeah. On the chest. Yeah, it doesn't sure. bother me. Uh, I would get something done about your back though. If you're yeah, I know, you're really I know. Woolly back I know. There, I, well, you know? Not, listen, it's not like I. I don't know. It's not. If terrible. I ran my fingers through, would no, I no, lose no. my hand? No, no, you okay. wouldn't. It's actually pretty, pretty light. <laughs> It's pretty that's light. That's a key indicator. Yeah, yeah. You need to start getting something done with that shit. Like I don't. Yeah, I exactly. I put my hand in there and I lose it. Yeah, I don't have like back hair dandruff. That's I don't have that much. Okay. Um. It's weird how you guys get more hair as you age, though. Oh no, it's more. It's really yeah, well, and and, places, and yeah. it's like weird in different places too. It's like when I was a kid, I don't remember ever having to trim my ear hair, but literally, my ear hair has grown since we started the show. Like, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, if anything grew, like my eyebrow, ear hair, or my nose hair, like it's unbelievable. And again, I don't know if it's because I'm, you know, m- you know, more her suit than. Uh, but Dan, do you do you have you started trimming your? Well, you're 75 or something. You are you? Yeah, all that it, stuff gets gets worked on for sure. Does it? Yeah. Well, I don't I know. You don't share these. Don't. You don't share these things with us. I don't What's know. Are things are these shareable things really? Well, I mean, look, you know, we're hey, sharing I them now. Went to the barber today. <laughs> went to the barber today. Hey, you show you. You know, you trimmed my eyebrows as well. Do you not you trim your stuff. eyebrows in between haircuts? Uh, occasionally, if it looks like, but my haircut gets you know relatively done. I mean, I, I don't grow that fast. I mean, you're, are your every day? I guess. My eyebrows hair have literally grown during this conversation. <laughs> I'm not shitting you. No, that's that one rogue hair I can see flipping. Oh over yeah, your seriously. <laughs> like sometimes, yeah. Sometimes when I take my glasses off at the end of the day, I'm like, you've been walking around with this shit all day because I can't see it. Damn. Um. All right. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, we're gonna have January. Uh, January Harry. I'm January. So that's every day. Feb- February Harry could have worked, but I no, mean, all of, all the January first month yeah. of the year. No, I know, but Dan's trying to see what, what other what other months, what other months could have worked with yeah. this. Um, yeah, and uh, one of the things I want to talk about today uh, is uh, I'm going to Winnipeg today for um, Auntie Ruby, Auntie Ruby, Ruby. and Auntie Ruby for I, I've been uh, in my with my brothers. I've been calling it Ruby Fest. Auntie Ruby, Aww. Ruby is uh, passed away. People who listen to the show know that I had been. Uh, debating back and forth for some time was you know should i call her well you know will she even remember me and to, to for people it's my dad's sister so when we grew up in moose jaw there was our closest cousins were my were ruby her husband and uh two kids those are my closest family members because they lived in prince albert saskatchewan and i lived in moose jaw which is about i don't know three hours away Although it's funny when I when I was a kid in Moose Jaw, I don't know if you found this in Edmonton, Dan. Where did you grow up in a small town too? What was the town? Didsbury. Didsbury, yeah. <laughs> Why, what's, no, it's just it's, you, you just it, sounds like course, a small town. Is no, no, I'm just saying you grew up in Dixbury. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just thought of that now. It just so, comes to you. Doesn't so it? Pri- it does. It does. It really. I wish it didn't. I honestly wish it didn't. And I guarantee you, if Fred was here, he'd laugh his fucking head off at that. Anyway, Dan grew up in Dixbury and a uh, small town. But f- when I think of going to see my cousins and Auntie Ruby and her two kids, who were our, f- our first cousins, the closest cousins we had in proximity and in our family, I remember that trip 
it might be three and a half hours as one of the longest drives, like literally as a seven or eight year old, just be like, where are we going? Are we going to the moon with this drive? You know, like honestly now three and a half hours is nothing. But, uh, I don't know. Just remember that going back and forth to Prince Albert was what. So this was how I know Auntie Ruby. And uh, also, but I, so you're in Saskatchewan. So in Saskatchewan, the land is very flat. Exactly. And in, for a drive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, but this was like if some it was like a big deal to go see the uh, the Barskies is their name. And uh, so this is my dad's sister. She died a few days ago at age 98. Wow. 98. Noventa Ocho in uh, Spanish. And uh and you, you, you asked an interesting question, and Lori sent me a couple notes, and one of them is um, about death. Like, what is the cutoff age for funerals? Mm-hmm. And, and I would tell you that there were some time earlier in the week, as soon as I heard she passed away, I was like, I'm not going. I thought, because what's the point? I don't really know them. There's not really, there's no more people we know there. Uh, everyone, everyone of that generation, my mom and dad's, has passed away. So I have a couple cousins that live in Winnipeg, but not on that side of the family. And... Um, there's a couple people there. One is Auntie Ruby's granddaughter, who is my cousin's daughter. He's passed away. And then Auntie Ruby's son's wife of uh, now he's he's passed away. Literally, her two sons passed before her, which is very, very, wow. very sad. So uh, but Ed, here's what what turned it for me. And I'm being serious is I thought and I said this to my brother, Stephen. I thought if my dad were alive, he would want me to go to this funeral obviously so that's why i'm going but to your point about what is the cutoff like at not at 98 like obviously if the, if she lived here in toronto there'd be no question but it's a bit of a hassle you know i'm getting i have to get on a plane fly to winnipeg stand out tomorrow morning there but it's a graveside funeral right like i'm gonna be standing on <laughs> standing outside i'm laughing because I've, i have all these i have a bunch of funeral material that i'd like to present to you <laughs> But uh, here we go. I'll, Thank I'll you, get Andy to Ruby. I'll get to, <laughs> I'll get to it in a second. What did you mean when you said, Lori? What is the cutoff age for funerals? Like, By what were you? Family. I'm sorry. Start again. Well, she's 98. Right. So, how many people outside of your family, your cousins that you will go to see, would be at her funeral? Exactly. So, is it? I don't want to say worth it because you are celebrating the passing. But at what point is it? Yeah, you know what? Three people are going to show up. Why are we spending all this money on a funeral? Well, there's no. Yeah, That's all. Like I don't know. I know what, what you mean, what, yeah. What's the cutoff? Well, I don't know if it's the. It's it's not. It's first of all, there's not going to be very much expense. There might be, you know, between my brother and I, and these two people I mentioned, the granddaughter, the uh, the daughter-in-law, a few other people. There might be fifteen or twenty people there. But I think I should be there again because of the fact that she was like my closest aunt. Growing up. Now, I haven't spent, you know, much time. You know, when I go to Winnipeg, it's basically the last time I was there was for her son's funeral. That was like 10 years ago. The time before I was there was for my dad's funeral. And then her, I mean, I've been basically going, Winnipeg is funeral city for me. That's really, (laughs) I really should get like a funeral discount. Oh, by the way, Dan, I thought of you the other day because I did look when I was booking the flight on Air Canada. I did look and see if there was a bereavement uh, option like a, a a discount, right? And you know what? And and they have all the criteria for bereavement fares, which for you people don't know is like if somebody dies in your immediate family, but it's got to be immediate. And guess what? Aunts and uncles don't qualify. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got to be like 
Like Air Canada only cares about you if like your brother or mother or dad, somebody dies like they don't care. if it, yeah. And like which sort of seems a bit arbitrary, although I guess, you know, they're saying like more people have lots of aunts and uncles. And and the more that that gets out there, then then you're, you know, like, what do you have to pr- provide a death, death certificate? Yep. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So how about how about your uh, your like your uh, a brother's wife? Would that be if the brother's wife died? Not your direct uh, that's that a good question. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I think I don't have it in front of me, but that's, you know what? It's the kind of thing when I thought of you, I thought if, if this were Dan, he'd be calling on wait a second. Don't you think that aunt, <laughs> what if you're close? What if you're very close to an aunt? Can I speak to the manager? That's right. Can I, speak to the, can I speak to the death manager, please? Yes. Who's in charge of these death flights? Please. Um, but you know, it's funny. I, it reminded me a little bit this week of when my dad passed away because people don't really know what to say. They've you know, sorry for your loss. And I always thought that was a funny phrase because it's like, well, they'll say things like, I hear you lost your father. And I'm like, well, we didn't lose him. We fucking, I mean, <laughs> believe me, we know where he is. And, uh, and the other thing people will ask too is how old was she? And I say, well, she's 98. And they kind of get us almost like, oh, that's great. You know, because 98, that's, that's nothing. It's almost like they're happy she's dead. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Was Ruby hogging the planet? Was she <laughs> taking up too much space? And somebody actually said this to me yesterday. Was she sick? So, well, she, she died. That's pretty sick. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Good night. Yeah, it's all my death material. Well, there's a there's a threshold. I don't know where it is, but where, you know, you're not 90. Before then, it's like, oh, they, they, they died young. Like, my, my mother died in her 60s. That's very So young, did mine. Right? My mother People died in her 60s. Yeah, very young. Very young. But when does when is very young for dying stop? And when does it's 80, about right? 80 something. About right? 83, 84. That's about right. Yeah. That's, here's, what, here's what happens. Before 80, no one says, oh, they lived a long life. Like, you know, you died 75. No one's saying that. 80 something. They're like, oh, that's 98. Seriously. They're like, ah, enough, an, enough of Auntie Ruby. <laughs> so. So at 80, 84, 85 is, yeah, okay, that's Yeah, you're good. Exactly. Oh, yeah, she died? Oh, yeah, that's about right. I was thinking about this, too. I thought, you know, they have, there's, <laughs> I don't know why, but birth and death, you know, they're so closely, you know, you, you are somewhat linked. And, and we have all these great songs in every language when somebody has a birthday. You know, people sing happy birthday. I just thought there should be more fun songs to sing at somebody's funeral. Oh, like God. yeah like tomorrow like really like how can we don't just break into some kind of <laughs> universal funeral song and i thought what could that be and here it is like seriously tomorrow in winnipeg i'm gonna i'm gonna say come on everybody let's sing so long farewell to auntie ruby no no takers. and all the pallbearers walk out exactly the song Farewell to you and you and you. There you go. See, this is what we would do if we had a four-person morning show. That's right. (laughs) So dumb. Like, seriously. We sing happy birthday. Why can't we sing see ya? Uh, Dan, will you, uh, do you feel like coming back and doing the news? Are you going to do that? Yeah, I got some news already lined up, so I'll uh, I'll be working on that. You know what would be fun, uh, maybe in 2024, is when we... You know, when we send you off to the uh, Humble and Fred newsroom, that yeah. I, and I don't know, I don't know how you work because you're a professional. But if you actually could say, "Hey, coming up on the Dan Duran News, we'll talk about this thing," and then we would be like, "Ooh, right. I wonder what that's going to be like." 
Well, okay, scientists have uh, revealed an important truth. Pee is yellow due to an enzyme. Talk about that. Oh. Did you ever, ever ask why pee is yellow? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> see? Coming up, why pee is yellow. That, see, that's the tease right there. Coming up, why pee is yellow. I'm Dan Duran. All the news in 30 minutes time. All right, All Dan. All newsy stuff. Thank you, Dan. There he goes. So you've seen Dan Duran's wiener. Nice. No. Well, wiener covered. Bum twice. Fair. <laughs> if you're, if you're Never keeping... seen his wiener outside of oh, yeah, and it, yeah, the I've, silhouette. Dude, I've, I've lived with him twice. I've seen his wiener in its natural habitat. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Larry Fedorik's going to join us. It'll be humble Larry and Lori here in a couple seconds. But first, Lori's got an important message. The Chambers of Commerce Group insurance plan has been protecting Canadian firms for over 40 years. More than 30,000 small to mid-sized businesses choose the Chambers plan to protect their employees. And the Chambers plan is the simple, stable, smart choice for business, combining accessibility, flexibility, and the stability of pooled benefits. It's funny, now not having a job, I don't have benefits. And when I'm thinking about something like this, dental, medical, whatever the case may be, maybe this is something that you need to look into as well. Firms choose the Chambers plan year after year because it offers unsurpassed value and customer service. For a free quote or to speak to an advisor, go to chamberplan.ca. Just looking at uh, Facebook here just to make, the, make sure the fee's working. There's a message yeah. for you. From uh, Sandra Plagakis. Oh, my gal pal, Sandra P. She says, I love you, Lori. Hi, Humble. And the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Nancy McLeod Elder says, Lori, I remember when you started in Niagara. Isn't yes. that nice? Back when horse and buggies were a thing. Yeah, yes. man. Um, okay. Well, let me talk a little bit about Kelsey's. That's the uh, last time I saw you. We were at the uh, Christmas party there at Kelsey's. Good times. Absolutely. And uh, you should know that uh, Thursdays... Oh, no. Let me start with this. Uh, Kelsey's has been winging it since 1978. Try their legendary chicken wings for half price today. Every Thursday, it's sauced and styled how you like them. And uh, why not wash them down with a $6 Coors? What are you waiting for? Grab your buds and head to Kelsey's this wing night. That's tonight. And celebrate the start of the weekend the right way. That's half price wings tonight at every Kelsey's. Offer is valid with the purchase of a beverage. Must be legal drinking age. Please drink responsibly. And for more information, go to Kelsey's.ca. Um, it was kind of touch and go there for a bit. If you were going to uh, make it to uh, hang in today, mm-hmm. because uh, and and you're not the only one I know. There's a lot of people that have had either one of two things: they've either had this crazy flu over the last month, or uh, re-engaged with COVID, which happened to you. Uh, mm-hmm. Was this your first COVID? Yes. Was it? I dodged that bullet bullet all this time, and it got me Christmas Day. How did you know? Like, what was the first thing? How did you, how did you know? Like, before you tested, like, oh, this might be something different. I didn't. I thought I had the flu. Darren was the one that said to me, "You should test for COVID." And I'm like, COVID. 
Are they still? Okay. Yeah, you're like I COVID. Don't need to. Are they still yeah. doing that? Yeah, really? No. And I tested that afternoon and two big bars showed up on my rapid test, letting me know that, yeah, indeed, I had COVID. It, now, when I think about it, there a cough started beforehand and I was just coughing for no reason. And uh, I was feeling fine. But when I woke up Christmas morning, something was wrong. Mm-hmm. And I woke up an hour later, I was back in bed and then spent two days in bed. It hit me hard. And I'm fully... Well, I'm not fully vaxxed. I didn't get the last booster, number four or five, whatever we're on now. But I had had the three shots prior to that. Darren, then I gave it to Darren, and he was up to date on all his shots. Yeah, He's me been too. boosted, and it didn't hit him anywhere near as hard as it hit me. So... When I'm able to, I'm going to be boosted again. Yes. You know, that's a great point you make because a lot of people are like, well, why do you know, COVID's, you know, not a thing anymore. It is, but maybe not as, as bad. Um, but that's what it is. I, I think I'm, I think I just had my fifth booster and what it does, it just gives you your, cause I, you could still get COVID. It's mm. to keep you, you know, so it's not as severe and also to keep you out of the hospital, especially if you're in your, you know, sixties or into your, you know, seventies, um, and so Darren got it as well. But this was right. this his first time? No. Remember, he got it a year ago, August. Right, when he right. Was away with Fred and Ivor. That's right. And he spent time with you in February. He's a long hauler, though. He has long COVID. And so he's already got issues with, you know, his respiratory, always oh, feeling yeah. like he's plugged up, blah, blah, blah. And so the last thing I wanted to do was give him COVID. Yeah. So he skipped up north. He went up to the shack and left me here at the house. It didn't matter. He had been around me enough that we both got nailed. So that's a it didn't really man. matter. And how's how's so, he feeling now? He's way better than what than what he was. But we're both still. You just feel like you have a bit of a head cold still. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of it. But it could have been a lot worse. I didn't end up in the hospital, so I'm happy. Uh, yeah, I spent time with Darren. Like I've known Darren for since I came to Toronto, 1989. The very first promotion that we ever did for the Humble and Fred show. A lot of people might remember this. Well, we did two big ones. One was Darren had this, uh, found this promotion where uh, he put me in a coffin for two days. And then this other one where, I can't remember what the the bit was, but we we, we had people send in eggs or we had to send in an egg or some, but but Darren's one was the promotion guy uh, for CFNY The Edge. Before I got there. So that's how long I've known him. But I've never spent as much time as I did with him last February. Most people will remember that I was doing the show in Mexico and Darren was staying with me and he wasn't feeling well. But uh, you, you pointed out something and you've been married to him for a long time. Um, he can, he's like, I think I'm loud. Like I've been told by girlfriends and, and my ex-wife that I, I can be a bit emphatic. But you're saying that Darren's a bit loud, too. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And I'm loud. I'm a loud talker. I'm loud. Oh, yeah. He's uh, decibels higher than me. Yes, he's very loud. <laughs> at the most inopportune times, too. Like, you know, we could be out with another couple having dinner at a beautiful restaurant. And all of a sudden, he starts doing these chirping noises. You mean like, I mean like this? Oh, yeah, that one. Too. Now, I was going to say, hard to believe. Hard to believe this guy has a problem with loudness. Yes. Hard to believe Come I'm married on. to the guy that does this. He doesn't make this sound in, during intimate times, does he? 
Did you hear that question? Okay, Lori's frozen now. <laughs> for, for a second there, I thought maybe she just didn't want to answer the question. Okay. Um, so what's happened for you people who aren't watching us on Facebook is I asked that question if Darren made that noise. Well, you're back now. I'm back. Sorry, something happened, yes. Yeah, you just froze. It was so funny because I asked you if he made that noise during intimate times, and then you just were staring at me for a second. I'm like, oops, I said the wrong thing. (laughs) Yes, he makes that noise all the time. It doesn't matter where we are. He's very good at making noises. Just random noises. <laughs> well, that's going to that's going to keep the marriage uh, alive. That's got to keep things uh, spicy. Well, now I just have to give him the look. You know, you get that look oh, from yeah. someone. I don't even have to say anything anymore. I'll just kind of look at him and go. <laughs> really? Well, I did notice this funny because again, I've been told by uh, many people. I, I this my last girlfriend Rachel used to have this sign when she just put her hand and start waving like, "Okay, bring it down." Just bring it down there, helmet. <laughs> um, but I did notice that uh, Darren is even louder than I am. Okay, here comes Larry Fedoric. Oh, no, no, he, he's gone again. Well, he's God decided damn it. he doesn't want to play today. What uh, What happened? You just, internet just stuttered there for a second? Yeah, all of a sudden you asked me the question. I'm like, uh-oh, now what do I do? And then it popped back on again. So I'm assuming that's from my end, which is weird. I'm in the city. I shouldn't have issues here. Well, you never know. Well, it's not from this end. Um, okay, well, Larry's going to come back here in a second. And um, Larry Fedora. So it's, I, I was looking at the notes here for Larry. Like, did, did you ever work? Because you did you ever work I, with him? You did? Yeah, we worked in the same building. He worked at oh, on the right. AM station, 610 CKTB. That's right. And I worked over on the FM Move 105.7. Yeah, I know Larry very well. As a matter of fact, Larry, you, you know, old school radio stations back when you used to get mail and mail slots. And Larry had decorated his mail slot at the radio station to look like the inside of a little house. Oh, that's funny. So I said to him one day, I'd like to be part of your house. And when I came in to work the next day, there was a little picture hanging on the wall in this mail slot, and it was my head in the picture. So just like the queen, I had my head on That's really Larry's funny. wall for years, for um, years. Nancy uh, is just emailed me. She says, hi, guys. Your show today is like the good old days for those of us from Niagara. Lori and Larry. Great job. There he is. What is with you? Every now well, it's become a thing. Every time you yeah. you you sign in, then you go away, then you come back. Because I, there's one, uh, there's two choices, and I always click on the wrong one. I guess All that's right. basically it. Well, that's you know what that's the story of that's the story of us together. There we, there we are, Laurie here. Laurie, Laurie Love is here. Larry Fedoric. So great to see Lori Love. Lori worked in the morning down the hall. I worked in the afternoon. Yeah, she but just told me the about odd time when she was there late and I was there early to see Lori Love in the hall was a better day at work. Aw, what a sweet thing to say, yeah, Lori. Nice to see you. You she, look good. She told me you do you decorated her mail slot. <laughs> no, his mail slot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You decorated Let's your get mail the slots. Yeah. Right, Howard. You, you decorated her your slot, and she admired your mail slot back in the day. Yes, yes. I even had a picture of her. So the this is where perhaps why uh, I'm I'm still not there because <laughs> I focused my energy on decorating the mail slot. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we had these mail slots, and I had the top left corner. And I always joked about having the penthouse corner suite 
And then we got moved. They moved all the mail slots around, and I was somewhere in the middle. And I'm like, well, this is no good. This is bullshit, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I actually uh, bought uh, fake little uh, pieces of carpeting and some wallpaper. And uh, some. Uh, I went to the dollar store and bought Barbie doll furniture. Sure. And I actually furnished my little mail slot, and I put pictures up, and Lori Love was, a, was there on the wall. You know what? You make a good point. Maybe management was like, Larry, if you put more you know, effort into your show. <laughs> um, let me uh, formally introduce our friend today. He is the host of Later That Same Year. Is that what it's called? I don't have it in front of me. Later yeah. that same life. Later that same life. I do have it in front of me. He's an award-winning podcaster now. What does that feel like? Uh, he's also uh, somebody that I've known and been friends with since uh, 1991 when we first uh, started working together. And it's always a pleasure to welcome back. Happy New Year to one of the broadcast gems, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, very creative and funny. Larry Fedorik. Thank you. This is why I love coming on the show. Just that alone. Um, my day. We got a lot of stuff to get to today, but I want to start at the uh, thing at the end that, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I was interested in stand up comedy. Whenever there would be a comic on Ed Sullivan or any variety show, and there was tons of them that I knew by name, I would uh, be riveted. And I'm sure you're the same. And that's why I didn't know about the death of Shecky Green, but that was a name. We're a lot older than Lori, so you may not know that name, but mm-hmm, I do. But let's start with that. He, uh, who he was, and what, why he was significant to you. Can I? I I'm going to back up. To, uh, for Go ahead, minute. back it up. My condolences on the loss of your uh, aunt Ruby. Ruby it Fest. Was, it was uh, this time last year where I was going to be guest fretting. That's right. And I had to cancel to go because my mom had passed at age 94. And uh, so it's just bringing back all these. Well, thank you. Memories of last year at this time and all that kind of stuff. So and and before a lot about that. And before we get to Shecky, too, because you grew up in Saskatoon. I always forget that. Yeah. And so did you understand when I was saying that driving from Moose Jaw to Saskatoon or driving north of Saskatoon to Prince Albert was a huge deal for me when I was a kid? Well, I, I was born in Prince Albert. Okay, we so moved to we moved to a town about halfway, slightly closer to Prince Albert than Saskatoon. That's really where I grew up. So driving to Prince Albert for a Saturday of shopping was forty five minutes. Saskatoon was like an hour and ten. Yeah, and that was like, oh my god, Saskatoon! Well, we have to pack. <laughs> I got to tell you, I, my, I grew up. I grew up forty five or fifty minutes from Regina. And I remember distinctly as a kid, because we would do that. We would once in a while go into, my parents would take me. I never made it home without falling asleep. It was like, oh, my gosh, this is taking so long. Um, you have to bring toys. Bring toys. <laughs> that's <Larry>. right. <laughs> We're going to, are we going to stop for the night? Um, but, so let's talk about Shecky Green. He was about, yeah, there was, so, there was a yeah. bunch of them. Shecky Green, Myron Cohn, um, uh, uh, Milton Berle, all these guys. Well, and I, I always tell the story because I guess like you, I watched comics on TV like kids watched the Beatles. Like, and I watched yeah. the Beatles too, but I, like, if there was a comedian on Ed Sullivan or whatever, I was just there. And I'm a little Ukrainian Catholic kid in the middle of the Canadian prairie, but I want to be funny and I like making people laugh. And, and what I see is, unbeknownst to me, is, is kind of Jewish New York comedians, Borscht Belt. I didn't know anything about that. I just thought, and they all had kind of a same cadence yeah. or rhythm. So 
as a kid, I'm eight years old. I'm talking like Jackie Mason. That's what I'm walking around like talking like this. And I'm walking around. <laughs> I got to go to school. What? I went yesterday. And, you know, the school had to call. Say, could you get him to stop talking? Because I thought that rhythm with a slight accent was how you had to talk to be funny. That's that was my exposure to comedy it was basically all the, the Jackie, Joey. Yeah, exactly. Jackie you know, Mason. Shecky's. And Shecky was one of those. I always kind of remember Shecky Green, although I think he had a bit of a feud with Ed. But yeah. if you go back, it's kind of hard to find some of that stuff, but he's out there. Uh, um, for people who don't know, the closest reference I could make was Shecky Green played Uncle Marty on Mad About You for a few episodes. I think that's about the last quote-unquote modern yeah. uh, TV he might have done. But, um, but yeah, I just but, you know I just noticed it on December 31st, and I was like, wow, that kind of went uncovered. Yeah. The, well, again, for a lot of people listening, they're like, really? She- now we're doing yeah. Shecky Green references? But I, I was very similar. Like, I remember distinctly, my mom and my dad was very strict, and growing up a little Jewish boy on the prairies, all I, you know, I, I, being funny or making people laugh was kind of like, what I did to survive the family tension. That's what I used to say that people would say, our, our, my dad had a menswear store, but our, our family business was tension. That's what we did. <laughs> and so I learned to make my brothers laugh to kind of, you know, to, to pierce the tension. But I remember all those guys, like, those jokes like, I went to the doctor. I said, uh, doctor, you some bad news about uh, four to live. Four months, four years, four, three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so let's, let's segue into another comedian because we've talked, there'll be three days in a row but why not uh it's definitely part of uh what a lot of people are talking about which is the comedian uh the dave Chappelle special yeah uh we talked about ricky gervais yesterday we talked about it with uh, fred and i talked about it with bill brio on monday uh laurie wanted to talk about it so i guess by now all three of us have seen it mm-hmm. yes i have um and laurie what were your impressions well, what you and Jeff even touched on yesterday, I just thought that it seemed a bit lazy on both comedians. I wasn't big on the whole handicap scenario, but I also can appreciate a comedian. And I know it's supposed to be fun. I just, I also found it a bit lazy. It was almost like how they used to say about Eddie Murphy. He used the F word a lot because it was easy to get a laugh by using the F word all the time. Where Seinfeld would say, well, I don't swear for a reason. You know, I find that to be lazy comedy. So they were okay. Yeah. But I I wasn't blown away by either of the specials, Gervais or Chappelle. What about they De- were okay. Did you see, uh, I didn't know him, Rick, did you see Rick or Gervais stuff there, Larry? I saw uh, a bunch of clips of it and no. I went, oh, I guess that's a new Ricky Gervais because yeah. I didn't recognize some of the jokes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I marked it to, you know, I got to watch that soon. But I did watch Chappelle. And what did you think? I, I liked it. I mean, I, I, I get where the lazy comes from. It did seem kind of low-key, Chappelle-wise. Uh, the way he told the whole story of Chris Rock and Will Smith and then him being attacked and the way he brought that around at the end. Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought was really good. That was yeah. a laugh-out-loud moment for me when he said, I'll tell you what Will Smith wouldn't have been doing. That's right. And, yeah, he and, wouldn't. He wouldn't have been joy. Yeah, I, see, I see. I yeah. thought it was. I thought that was great. Yeah, that was a great callback. And uh, I loved. I mean, the special's called the Dreamer, and when he did the whole Dreamer piece at the end, I, I don't know. I was. I actually got a little, little weepy. Yeah, you know, and when and Lumby said, "See, I didn't." Jeff was brought up what Lori did about the handicap bit, and then the trans. See, I didn't. I didn't. That's why I said I thought it was. Here's what I said: ten out of ten performance. 
as a guy that loves the game, I thought he was, I thought his performance was great. Six, seven out of 10 for jokes. But as I said to uh, the guys yesterday, Larry, like for comics of that level, you don't, it, it, either you're interesting or you're funny. And sometimes you don't, they don't have to be at the same time. I thought his story of the, of the Chris Rock thing was very interesting. Didn't have a ton of punchlines in it until the, the, the end, but even the, um, the handicap stuff, like, I got no problem with it because why not? You know, like it, would they people make fun of everything. Why not that? And but I get what Lori said. I mean, maybe it seemed a little bit. I thought I'll tell you what that word you used. I thought the Gervais special was lazy. I thought his thing like it's sort of gotten tired for me now. You know, everything is woke. Everything is anti woke. And I didn't think his jokes were very good. I thought his performance was weak, but I thought Chappelle was very good. To watch even at the beginning when Gervais was like, okay, I'm a stand-up comic, I never quite bought in ever on that. I enjoy his presentation and everything, but he's a he's a genius comedic actor. Yeah. I, I watched his show, The Afterlife or whatever it was Amazing. called. Amazing. Like, religiously, I was just, uh, and watched it a second time. And th- those kinds of things, the material he writes, the clips you see online of, of his previous shows where he's having exchanges with David Bowie or this and that, it's like, yeah. Amazing. But mm-hmm. it's a different animal to stand up there by yourself and just do material. And, and I never bought in on Gervais on that. Uh, and I'm like you. I, maybe it's a comics point of view where anything is, there's potential funny in anything. And people people don't necessarily buy into that. I'd, I'm going to butcher this Carlin quote, but Carlin always said, comedian's job was to take you right to the line, step over, but make the audience glad they came with you. Yeah, exactly. And And if you can accomplish that, I'm not saying Chappelle always did, but that's kind of where I go. It's like, where's that line? Let's 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 find the funny in anything. And and the whole point of him making fun of and again, you know, I hope we're not ruining this uh, special for you. Go and watch it. Both of them are fine, but um, his whole point of doing the handicap stuff is in response to how much trouble he's gotten into for the trans stuff. Which again, even like you know, and Jeff said, "Well, you, Jeff, my buddy Jeff Lumby said well, to me yesterday, he said, well, you were offended.'" You got offended when he did all that anti-Semitic stuff on Saturday Night Live. I said, I did and I didn't. I was, I was, I was disappointed in him, but I still thought it was funny. I still saw, I, I still got why he did it. I'm not that sensitive about anti-Semitism, although I, I think in, in a, a, that was a couple of years ago. I'm more sensitive about it now. For sure I am. The last three months, for sure. Um, mainly because it's gone from being kind of cute, you know, to like mm-hmm. when when you see people, you know, f- protesting and there's signs like, you know, uh, gas the Jews again. It's like, nah, okay. But uh, I get uh, his first bit, that first five or six minutes when he's talking about meeting Jim Carrey and Norm MacDonald and then bringing it back to the transmit. I think th- I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. I mean, he he couldn't. Uh, not address the elephant in the room to use a trite phrase, but that's just surrounds him. So he, mm-hmm. he's back at it. Even mm-hmm. at the end when he's, you know, he, he was talking about men, uh, challenge boundaries and no, no men, ch- ch- you know, challenge more boundaries than tra- a trans man. Like even, no, it was great. Threw one in there. Just <laughs> no, like it was seeing. very funny. Yeah. So, but. um, I, uh, it's interesting here. I, hang on a second. Interesting. Fuck. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, I'm curious about your self-diagnosis of OCD, because I think a lot of people suspect that they have 
either ADHD, OCD, some kind of, they're on the spectrum now. I know that's very, yeah. very, um, Oh, Quran in terms of, Oh, that guy's got a bit of autism. Like, you know, there's a bit of tism in everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've been wanting to talk about it on a podcast or even back, even when I was doing a daily show, kind of to bring it up because I, I have these peculiarities and eccentricities and, and they didn't run my life. So I thought I'm fine. And uh, I saw an ad for uh, OCD, Howie Mandel, speaking of comics, Howie Mandel is doing these national TV ads in the States uh, about OCD. And it's a website. It's an awareness website called nocd.com. And th- those are the, the public service announcements he's doing. And it kind of inspired me to think about it again, because I've known, I don't know how he now, but I have known him for years. Mm-hmm. And I remember I tell the story in the podcast because Howie was nice to me. When I was starting out, Howie was just breaking big. Like he was still a Toronto comic, but he was on newspapers, TV, everything. And he was nice to me. And, the, you know, maybe Lori wouldn't know, but backstage at a comedy club is not a, a necessarily a laugh fest. Yeah, it's not really supportive either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not the most supportive place. <laughs> if somebody's nice to you, it stands out. So... How he gets seen elsewhere and he becomes a big star and he's doing all this stuff and he's playing a a big soft seat in Mississauga. So I get a ticket, but I know the stage manager. So I go backstage and I uh, I say to the stage manager, can I just hang out here till Howie shows up? I, I used to know Howie. I'd love to just say hello. He's like, yeah, cool. whatever. Believe it or not, he says, cool. So um, Howie comes in by himself. I see Howie. I say my name. He remembers me. I'm pretty sure. Might not today, but then he did. We shake hands. He, we talk for two minutes. He goes to his dressing room. I go watch the show. I'm telling the story of somebody, and they're like, how he doesn't shake hands? He's a germaphobe. And I'm like, you're kidding me. And he's since come out as OCD. Germaphobe mm-hmm. is one of the manifestations of his OCD. And I thought, what a a second good gesture from Howie. He, what a, he shook my hand. We didn't have fist bumps yet. Like, it must have pained him horribly to shake my hand and yeah. probably went and washed his hands 11 times but he did it and so anyway it got me thinking about howie and i, I started to self-diagnose my my uh, my own ocd and i think i when i did the research or some research uh wikipedia google i found yeah. <laughs> that's right you did a you did a, you did a, you did a study Solid sources that's right yes. you, you did a study you did your research i did more than one website yeah. uh, uh the, uh, that's right the uh the symptoms are mild, moderate, or severe. Sure. And I would put myself on the mild, which is the eccentric. And the fact that I also live alone lets me hide a lot of the um, the eccentricities. Or Well, well that's an habits. interesting word you use because we all have, I was going to say, there's the, idiosy- the idiosyncrasies, the idiosyncratic nature of us. A lot of people, I would say most people, are somewhere you know, down in the mild ish, like, you know, the reason I ask this, cause I live alone now and I, I know there are certain things I do. Um, well, I shouldn't say I live alone. Spencer lives here, but it's like living alone because you know, I have a, I have a 25 year old roommate, but I know I do things that even when I'm doing them by myself, when I am alone, I think, Hmm, I wonder, I wonder how that would go over. If somebody saw me, do- <laughs> if somebody saw, I'll give you an example. So I make myself dinner last night. I do this every time. 
And before I, I, I make the dinner, I made a little, uh, you know, a sort of a stir fry vibe thing. And I had some g- g- chickpeas in there. And before I ate it, I put it in a plate. I had to actually clean the frying pan completely. Like I couldn't eat that. It's like, my, again, I, I, if I was serving somebody, I probably wouldn't do that. But I was by myself and I made sure I cleaned that. All Everything was cleaned. But that was the last thing I needed to clean. Does that seem uh, that resonate with you? It's it's a mild symptom to me, and, yeah. and you're at one with the system. You're good with it. I my example I used was in my cupboards and fridge. All brand products have to be label facing forward, just like in the store. Mm. And then cans have to be with cans, and bottles with bottles, boxes with boxes. It's fine. I I just I have you have justifications. Absolutely. Well, this way, I don't have to clean the dish afterwards. Yeah, or absolutely. When I go look for soup, I don't have to turn the can. Like I have all these justifications. So that's fine. I live alone. I'm at one with the system. But if I was living with someone and we were sitting down to watch a movie and she had put a can of tuna in the cupboard backwards <laughs> next to the cornflakes, yeah. I couldn't watch that movie with her. I'd have to go correct it. I'd have to tell her about her error. She'd have to agree. And then we could watch <laughs> as good as it gets. Yeah. And, and that's just not going to. So listen, my my movie watching, TV watching ritual would drive most people crazy. I have my spits, I have my drink, and I have my grapes. Here's the problem. If at any point any of these things go down below a certain level, I have to go refill them. I'm not even kidding. I If my water, if my drink, you know, I have like a lemonade or something, goes down too far, I literally have to stop the movie and go fill it up again. That's not normal behavior. No, hmm. it, it, I, I, um, I first, I really self-diagnosed because I like order and I justify it. It's like, well, my place looks nice. Yeah. I have these visual settings. Look at those cameras on display. In the, ah! And so I love all the order, but I have a chair in my bedroom that's just got uh, jeans, sweatpants, a couple of T-shirts. I don't even sit in the chair. It's, that's right. And my when I first realized I, I'm on the spectrum was... I went, look at that chair, Your Honor, in evidence. I'm not OCD. That's a messy chair. And I had con- I had created a controlled mess yes. to prove to myself that you're not in, yeah. That I'm not OCD. Lori? So it, it's an alibi for a crime I didn't realize I was committing, you know? Well, I, I, before I get to Lori here, because I, I love the fact that I do that, again, I, I think most human beings are like this. I'm constantly having conversations like that with myself. That, that I, as though I'm going to have to justify my behavior to somebody else, either either a judge or somebody will see it. Does this uh, any of this resonate with you, Lori Love? No, but you uh, both of you are making me feel really good about myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, that's why we're here. Thank you. I needed this this morning. Yeah, yeah so, I'm, I'm I'm normal. <laughs> so Brian, the other inspiration was Brian Regan, yeah. a genius comic. Love did him. A piece recently about OCD, and I was starting to wonder if it's if comedy comes out of that or it's it's more common it's like one percent of the population is somewhere in the ocd but among comics would that be like what 50 percent? i don't know well part of it with comics and i think with people like you and i is that you know i i had this speaking of my daughter i had this uh bit of an argument with her in the fall about how i like things done because she's living with me and I'm I'm helping her out while she goes through uh, getting some more, you know, work and you know, she's a freelancer. So it's tough. And I just said to her, this is how I like things done. 
um, justifying like, because I said, here's what I said to her. If I didn't do these things, clean up as I go, put things away. Like if you looked at my house, it's in, it's in order because I said to her, if I didn't, it would be chaos. Like I could just let it go. You know, the jeans on the chair, my whole house could be that way. But as I said to her, whatever I have, it makes me feel calm to live in this environment because I could easily go the other way. I could easily just be lazy and let it go. And that would make, that would make me uncalm that whatever that were not uncalm, uh, make me feel weird, you know, same way, same way. And, and, uh, yeah, the conversations, yeah, the justifications always come with it. I used to have one where if somebody came over and threw their jacket on the back of a chair or hung it on a doorknob, I couldn't concentrate on the conversation and, and um, they'd go, Oh, don't worry. You don't have to hang that up. And I'm like, Oh yes, yes I, I do. do. <laughs> That's right. So meanwhile, meanwhile, Lori's going, okay. I'll, I'll, meanwhile, Lori's like, my husband's just loud. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I got off I'm easy. My it. husband's loud. So now I think I'm over it and I am, you can, if you come over, you can throw your jacket on a chair and I'm, I, I'm good. I can still talk to you, but I'll think about it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, how healthy I am. I'm good with that. I I just, I used to just think I had a control issue. You know, I always like to be the person driving when I was flying. I'd rather, because you know, you go flying with a friend. I always wanted to be the one in, in the left seat, not the right. I mean, I just, it's hard to give up control. And I think it comes from that because, because wanting order you know, and, and doing this job, you want things to go a certain way, you know, like, you know, even even doing what like Lori who was the leader of the show. I was I've been basically the quarterback of any show that I've done because I need to know where things are going to go and what order they're going to go in or I feel unsettled. I, I just I, I don't know where it comes from. They say the OCD is a chemical imbalance in the brain. That's why meds can help in some cases, but the uh, the behavior is learned. Yeah. And that's the difference to me is where did I learn the all the behaviors of the order and the and uh you, you know, can't leave the house without having the bed made. I'd be sitting at at Niagara doing a talk show talking to a very interesting scientist about the next phase of global warming and my mind went did I make my bed? <laughs> if yeah. I didn't, I might have to leave and come back. True story. Like, true. I no, would I do get that. It, and and uh, I don't know where that order comes from. Just, I don't know if this ties it together or not. Elaine Boozler used to have this great line about uh, Jews are born with guilt. Catholics have to learn it in Sunday school. And I always kind of from all the guilt of having to do better and the mm-hmm. control and the approval. I'm self-diagnosing here. I have no idea what I'm talking about. But if, it's like, is that where it is? All the learned behaviors that come from a place of guilt of I don't know. I don't Maybe. know. Or, well, I think or or wanting to do right, wanting to yeah. want, wanting things to be uh, orderly so that you you that you can check off that you're a good person. Uh, I want you to know that this therapy session has done wonders for both of us. <laughs> Um, I, I, I'm not surprised that we share some of these uh, rituals. I didn't listen, and I didn't even want to get into my uh, masturbation ritual because that's a whole other thing. <laughs> Here we go. You know, I, I just do this joke. I'd say my dog Stan. He's like, <laughs> he he sees me take the lap, laptop up the stairs. He's like, oh, it's date night. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, Larry Fedorik, the uh, host of Later That Same Life, his uh, next um, his next podcast is actually going to be released today. And I think what you've heard is uh, him talking about the subject of that podcast on uh, more about OCD. Where do people uh, find your podcast, Larry? It's on every major platform and a few others besides that, whether it's Apple or Spotify or uh, it's on all of those. And I also have a YouTube channel. If you want to just click on there, it's easier to find. Listen, man, I always appreciate you. And um, all the best in 24. And uh, it's great having you guys uh, reuniting the Niagara Radio legends. Yeah, kind of fun. Good to see you again, Larry. Happy 2024. You too, Lori. Thank you. Thank you, Howard. All right, my friend. Um, we're going to get to our, our brand new sponsor, but a, an old friend of mine coming up here in a bit. Dan Duran's News is on the way. But first, Lori Love has a thought or two about Bodog. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker or casino player, Bodog is your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sports book and feature-rich sports book to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Uh, the big uh, game will be this weekend, Bills Miami. I'm assuming you're going to watch that because you're now a Bills fan too. I am. Right now, uh, right now, the Bills are favored by three if you're betting. Excellent. Um, Whatever your pleasure, they have you covered. Bodog. Thank you, Lori. Uh, yesterday, we talked to Niblet for the first time of the year, and uh, always interesting getting his perspective on all kind of things. For instance, what are your 2024 financial goals? I mean, we all want to do better, but you have to have a plan. He said something interesting, too, to Jeff and I, that if you haven't spoken to your advisor or reviewed your plan, you know, in a while, uh, they recommend every six months to a year. Now's the time to get a hold of the retirement uh, Sherpa. When did you last look at your portfolio? How are your insurances? Are they up to date? What about your mortgage? We're going to talk about that with uh, Mike Kazarian here in a second. Uh, do you pay it down? Do you increase your savings? Do you have an estate plan, wills, insurances, accounts? All of it, something you can discuss uh, with the retirement Sherpa. Retirement Sherpa. Uh, Tim Nibblet, of course, a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of uh, a very, uh, I don't have it in front of me, but you know, uh, <laughs> you know an organization. <laughs> it's a big organization of people that do that. <laughs> That's how you know I'm just full, full of shit here. But yeah, you know Raymond James. Uh, Tim.nibblet at RaymondJames.ca. Yeah, it's... Uh, nice ad lib. Good job. Thanks, man. Yeah, I got right in there. Listen, um... Yeah, it's funny that Larry brought that stuff up because I've always, and you know, even when Dan was living with me, um, you know, like he, he would, he would leave the cupboard doors open mm-hmm. and, and it's not hurting anything. No, it's not a hell. It's not a security risk, mm-hmm. but uh, I just couldn't do it. Um, what about you? Like would, if you, like when you're on your own, do you? Do you clean up or do you, do you guys have some help or do you clean as you go? What kind of person are you? I'm the type of person that would clean the house before the cleaning lady came the next day. Yeah, for sure. So, yes, that would be me. But Darren is more OCD, ADHD than I am. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes with creative brains. That's the way I look at it. I think if you are a creative brain sometimes and you, Fedoric, especially with your comedy side, 
but a lot of comedians have a dark side anyway. So I think it's almost justified that you guys might be a bit OCD. I, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I Part of it, I, again, I justify it because I'm living by myself. But even when, you know, I had Rachel here half the time, you know, I, I, what I do with Spencer's room, because I, I just can't look in there. Like, it's chaos. <laughs> Honestly. And I don't know. And she seems to be comfortable with it. Um, but I just shut the door. Because I'm like, okay, that's a grown-up. I don't have to deal with it. But, you know, downstairs here, where people bring, they come into the house and they, you know, they leave their shoes. Well, when she's here with her girlfriend or whatever, I, and, I, and I leave the house to take Stanford walk, I straighten everyone's shoes. Like I just yeah, can't so have, have them. A bit. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I yeah. do. Like I'm not surprised. Oh, yeah, I got something. But it doesn't affect anybody but you. Exactly. If, 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 it's, if it starts to affect people that, like Larry was joking, you know, he would be thinking about making the bed and have right. to go home to make it. Yes. That's that's the bad part. But if it doesn't affect anybody, it is what it is. You do you, Howard. You <laughs> Thanks. You. And when you again, when you live alone. Like I do, like it would, I, 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 and it's, it's weird we're talking about it today because I thought that last night after I put the food in the plate that I was going to eat, I thought if there was somebody here and they saw me cleaning this pan, they'd say, sit the fuck down, dude. Like have, do that later, but I can't. Mm-hmm. Was, the, your, was your meal cold? That's what I want to know. By the time you sat down to no, eat it. No, it wasn't. It was Okay. Fun. Then, then you didn't do anything it's, wrong. It's not You're like I right. put, it's not like I put it in a plate and then put it in the freezer. <laughs> Um, Dan Duran's news is coming up. I'm not sure when Dan's going to rejoin us. We're just waiting now for uh, Mike Kazarian. Uh, Mike's a guy that uh, I've, again I've known. I've, I've met. I've known him as long as I've known the retirement Sherpa. And uh, we we just thought it would be a good. Uh, well, first of all, we love having brand new clients, but we thought it would be good to talk to Mike for people because there's a lot of information. You know, a lot of uh, mortgages are going to be coming due this year, and people, of course, freaking out because of. Uh, because of the interest rates. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, while we have a little time, though, there's that story. I was watching CNN last night, and they were literally doing the minute-by-minute countdown for the release of the Epstein list. Now, uh, I, didn't, I didn't Google it this morning yet, but um, there's, a, there's a story. The fascinating story is with Jimmy Kimmel and Aaron Rodgers, that dick. But um, have, you, have you seen anything? Has there been any names released? No, but Aaron Rodgers is making this the big story because he's now saying that Jimmy Kimmel is on the list. And Kimmel went right at Rodgers, basically telling him to keep his mouth shut, doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, He went on to tweet, for the record, I have not met, flown with, visited, or had any contact whatsoever with Epstein, nor will you find my name on any list other than the clearly phony nonsense that soft-brained wackos like yourself (laughs) can't seem to discuss. Distinguished from reality. Your words are reckless. They put my family in danger. Keep it up, and we will debate the facts further in court. Yeah. That's what Kimmel tweeted to well, Aaron Rodgers. What Aaron Rodgers said was he was on a show. It's, it's, it's kind of a weird story because Aaron Rodgers was on a show, Pat McAfee, who, mm-hmm. who was on, I think it's ESPN, which is owned by ABC, um, owned by Disney, which owns ABC, which employs Kimmel. And ESPN, and ESPN so far hasn't said anything. But what Aaron Rodgers said was, uh, blah, 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 he's going to pop some sort of bottle when the Epstein Associates list is released. He says there's a lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, are really hoping that it doesn't come out. So, I don't know how he's going to get away with it. And then on CNN, I was watching uh, CNN last night, and they were saying, like, like, Jake Tapper was like, what is this fucking idiot doing? 
Like how, mm-hmm. and, and, and why wouldn't ESPN have something to say about it? Um, anyway, well, it's, uh, so I, I haven't looked at the, I don't know if anyone's listening has seen the list so far, but, uh, I don't know if, uh, any, I know all, all I saw this morning was Donald Trump's name, not on the list, <laughs> not on the list. Wow. Apparently. I'm surprised by that. I know. Very I know. surprised by that. Okay. Here comes. Yeah, uh, apparently there's 200 on that list, by yeah, the way. Man. I know. This program is uh, brought to you by Lenders Choice Mortgages. Mike Kazarian, one of the broker owners of the company, an independently owned and operated member of Mortgage Alliance, license number 13582. Mike's been a uh, mortgage broker for many years. Uh, what is the difference between uh, going to a bank and going to a mortgage broker? Well, the bank is just take their, um, you know, take their rate or not. When you go to a mortgage broker, they've got access to over 75 lenders. They shop around. They don't have any preferences to any one lender. They work with the lender that makes the most sense for you to achieve your goals. They work with banks, credit unions, monoline lenders, alternative lenders, and private lenders. And they can find a solution for all your mortgage financing needs. And for more information, and we'll get Mike uh, on the program in a week or so. Go to LendersMortgage.ca. That's LendersMortgage.ca. There he is, Dan Duran, who is uh, not wearing his uh, see-through dick pants. (laughs) (laughs) Daniel? Uh, How do we we find you? Are you... uh, you're all excited. I'm fully fully dressed, ready to go. Yeah. Um, I need you to stick around if you can. For uh, do you have time for a little quick meeting with uh, my buddy so we can uh, figure out what's wrong with his microphone? Yeah, sure. Okay, you're beautiful. Do a um, all right. Well, tech uh, console. I'm sorry, sir. Do a little tech console. Okay. <laughs> That's tech, technical <laughs> consulting is what I was like, abbreviating words. I know I don't speak the same language. Could you just talk That's like a normal most. person? <laughs> <laughs> Could you just try? I, you know, honestly, some, I've, known, I've known Dan. I've known Dan since I was 18 years old. It's almost like I discovered an alien. And, and he's been trying. He's like doing his impression of what he thinks human beings talk like. I'm coming along, though, right? Oh, no, you're you're making great improvements. <laughs> Seriously. Like sometimes it's almost like you are a, a normal human being, but then you say things like ten console. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, okay, Dan Duran, it's time for this. No, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchorman, comes as has for credentials. He has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from the matrimonial home I know Lori loves that uh, live I from, love that Live from the uh, Dan and Lisa matrimonial home Somewhere in the uh, finer areas of Peterborough, here's movie anchor Dan Duran. Research has shown that pee is yellow, but <laughs> but why? Why? 
wise. So scientists, you know, they they like to do scientist kind of stuff, and they've uh, they've actually figured out. Well, like, you listen, urine is the fine finale of our body's natural drainage system. It's made out of excess water and waste products filtered out of our blood via the kidneys. And scientists have known for a while that the chem the chemical urobilin is primarily responsible for the color, but they didn't know how it got that way. So they figured out that there's an enzyme in there and they've coined their newfound enzyme. This is very exciting for these scientists. By a Reuben reductase. I should have practiced. I'm that sorry. It sounds like reductase. So they got all excited to the naming uh, meeting. Uh, anyway, it, it can actually help scientists better understand the gut biome and how it can contribute to certain health conditions like jaundice in newborn babies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But doesn't really explain why when you, uh, when you uh, eat asparagus that it, it makes it yellower. And, and it smells, too. It's weird. Like, yeah, it smells. Yeah, the, and all that stuff comes out. Yeah. yeah, but it's asparagus is interesting because it's like almost instantaneous. Mm-hmm. And it happens to everybody. I don't know anybody who has said, well, my pee doesn't smell after I eat asparagus. It seems to happen to everybody. Dan, are you at that age now in your mid to late 70s where you just, like, after you pee, you just dribble down your leg a little bit? Is it just... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> are you able to cut off... Are you able to cut off your urine at the appropriate uh, stage? Give it a good shake and no, it's fine. It's uh, it's, I, I do a good job of that. All right. Well, good for you. Yeah. Excellent, John. Thanks for inquiring because, you know, inquiring minds want to know, I guess, right? Um, I got to go to Winnipeg, so let's get uh, Toronto Mike on here. Oh, really? You got to go right now? Well, soon. I got stuff. I got to do stuff now. I got to edit. And um, so we don't have time for a second story, unfortunately, today. Another time. I'll save it. Yeah, we do have time for the godfather of podcasting. Toronto Mike's appearance today brought to you by Boron One. It's difficult to uh, comprehend the variety of uses of boron in construction, manufacturing, medicine, science, and so much more. And as we've been saying now for some time, if you're looking for an investment opportunity, we make no claims, but some humble and Fred listeners are already on the boron train. That's right, I called it a train. Stocks, by the way, Ian Service, uh, Dan, pointed out that the uh, big humble and Fred friend, and uh, he also works with us. He said, "Hey, did you know that the symbol for boron one is bone? How is that not sponsoring?" <laughs> he said, "How is that not the sponsor of the Dan Duran News every day?" I said, "Great point." Uh, but today we say uh, boron1.com is where all the information is. Go check out the sticker symbol, Bone, and see if Boron 1 is the right investment for you. One of the great investments we've made was uh, back in 2005, where we uh, hitched our train to a young man, Michael Boone, who is uh, shepherding us in the ways of the internet. And uh, our very first podcast was recorded at uh, Dan Duran's palatial uh, Bloor West home. Mm-hmm. The original matrimonial, the original matrimonial home. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and Mike was there. Mike, uh, what do we listen? Mike, I gotta I gotta do some editing, and yeah. um, so uh, let's do this quickly. We're back a week from Monday, but uh, what's going on in your world? 
I just want to say hello again to the legendary Lori Love, who yeah, I met man. for the first time at your Humble and Fred Christmas party at Kelsey's. So hello to Lori Love. Hello, Mike. I'm loving your hair today, Mike. Uh, I know only Facebook people can see it, but your curls are out of control. Yeah, I'm going to let it grow a little on the top and see what happens, but I'm trying to keep it like maintained on the back and sides. We're going to see what happens. We're going to see what happens, Lori. But Lori, did you do the math? Like you were sick with COVID on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Did you go back and say, oh, that super spreader event at Kelsey? <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> I was wondering if this would come up. Yeah, both my husband and my both did that. But no, it did not happen at the at the event. And I can go back and know that I'm lucky I didn't affect more people or infect people at the big Christmas show. So uh, I'm very happy that I didn't get any of you sick. And no, it's exactly. funny because Humble and Fred, you guys were both joking. Don't touch us. We're going away. Don't touch us. Don't touch us. And then yeah. I get COVID. Well, to be fair, I that that was to be fair. We were both joking about that before the mm-hmm. event. But he bailed on that bit because I was one. He kept saying, well, you know, I mean, we shouldn't tell people. But I was like, no, I, I, w- I was into that bit right through the entire Kelsey's appearance. <laughs> um, but Mike, you're OK. You're feeling all right. Feeling all right. I'm like Joe Cocker. I'm feeling all right over here. Yeah, it's all good. I will say I'm glad we're cutting out Kaz because uh, not that you could see him on the podcast, but Dan and Kaz is too much handsome for one show. Oh no, it's a lot. <laughs> and, and Howard and, and I are here to even it out. Exactly. Bit. And speak. Well, I listen, dude. If I had your hair, I'd literally take gasoline and light mine on fire. Like yours is so good. Um, but uh, is there anything we need to? Is there anything we've missed? Uh, Fred and I are back on the fifteenth uh, of uh, January. Uh, we're off next week because Fred's uh, with the family. In um, the, the Dominican, I guess they got there yesterday. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's it. Um, people know that uh, Kaz, Mike Kazarian, will be on the program early. Like either, I think I, I think he'll be here eight fifty on the sixteenth, which is uh, your first Tuesday back. And as luck would have it, wait, 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 first Tuesday. Yeah. Why not? Why not the Monday? Oh, because we don't. I do always. Well, I just if Monday or Tuesday. I would do Tuesday just to keep Monday guest free, and you could go freestyle. But if okay. you want Monday, well, Monday. okay, he's he's scheduled for uh, eight fifty on the sixteenth. Let's leave him there. Um, so I just want to let people know to get people excited because there is a week of no shows, but then it is the return of Noel Castler. Right. So I know Fred's excited. So I want to hype it up that Castler's triumphant return to Humble and Fred is happening on Wednesday, January seventeenth. Don't you dare miss it. Okay, are you going to continue to, to, to speak like that, or are you going to are you going to dial it down a bit? Well, that was an homage to okay. uh, to Red. Uh, no, I get it. I tell you, it was very very good. Uh, thanks to uh, Jeff Lumby yesterday and to um, uh, Emily Muse. Got a lot of good reaction about that appearance. Thanks to Larry Fedorik today and Lori Love. My goodness, what a treat! What a treasure! What a uh, terrific time having you with us. Uh, it was seamless. You're a, pr- you're a super pro. And I uh, hope you Still got it, it baby. Still yeah, you do. It. Yeah, you do. By the way, I'm five months retired today. So this is my first real appearance on the show in five months. I was with you guys a couple months ago, but I mean, as far as being and co-hosting. Well, dude, so you, thank you, you, you never want so you were it was like it's like riding a bike. You just uh, got right back on. It was like riding a bike. It was uncomfortable. Your ass hurt. <laughs> and now I have a blister. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Now I have a blister in my thigh. Dan Duran, <laughs> do you uh, do you have any comments about Lori Love? Have you do you remember her? <laughs> I who? You know, it's, it's she was it's on the show with us today. 
<laughs> I know it's fantastic. I've, this is this would be like the first time we've actually uh, done a show together. I think in all the years that we've it's been around, it's true. No, You're right. Really, yeah. So I, well, that's it's. I'm sad that we didn't have an opportunity in our past because, it, like you've you've worked with Lumby and you mm-hmm. you've worked with all kinds of people that we know. Yeah. And never, never me. So. I got spread around there for a while, and now you know. Now I'm working with the best. Look at you two beautiful men. Well, thank you very much. And Dan, well you done. You got great hair, by the way, Howard. You, you, you pick on your hair. You got great hair. Thank you, my love. I was going to say, Dan, and Dan, I commend you on putting a couple of sentences together there that actually made sense. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that I, I could, really I got working I, hard. Exactly. Really I followed everything hard, yeah. you just said. And I was like, hmm, I've got nothing to say about that. <laughs> um, okay, everyone, stay safe and well. And uh, we will, uh, we will see you uh, in a couple of, actually a week and a half. Thanks again, Lori. I appreciate it. Thanks, pal. Appreciate it, too. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, Bodog, and Kelsey's, and our newest sponsor, Lender's Choice Mortgages. For contests and comments, we read all of our emails, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. So tell us what you think. And here's something you can do to help us out. Tell your friends about us. Subscribe to the podcast. Share an episode. Rate the podcast. One of those things would be great. For Humble and Fred, or actually for Humble and Yes, Fred, Lori Love, I'm Dan Duran, and on your journey, avoid tie pants and swim naked when no one is watching, and enjoy every goddamn day. Turn tables on a microphone, bottles and cans, just clap your hands, just clap your hands.